WebCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. We're going to talk about someone who is who is going against the grain to some regard. He is investing in real estate in downtown McKeesport. He's put his money where his mouth is. Jonathan Stark is our guest. He uh, already has started several successful businesses in the McKeesport area and now has taken on quite a challenge in buying a uh, historic uh, 1906 skyscraper. Uh, I don't know how many square feet and is uh, rehabilitating it for commercial purposes. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. So so you're doing something in, in a lot of areas that People would say, "Well, that that can't be done, or that's a that's a that's a bad idea." Tell me about some of the properties you have bought. Uh, so, I think most people that know me know that uh, I've been doing a lot of residential real estate in McKeesport. I've been down here for over a decade, um, but I've definitely transitioned in the last few years to some of the commercial properties down here. And the general consensus every time I purchase a property, you know, people want to know, "Well, you know, what are you going to do with it?" As, yeah. if, as if there is no use for these properties. Um, and, and truthfully, you know, we when we purchase the properties, they are not terribly expensive. That's true. That that is definitely that's something in the whole Pittsburgh area, but definitely the Mon Valley area. Sure. Um, but what we're able to do, and what we're seeing is, uh, if you take a, a property in McKeesport um, and, and it's in a commercial location, if it's cleaned up and it's fixed, it's actually very easy to find somebody to lease that space. Um, and so we've replicated that. Uh, multiple times over the city, whether it was with Sloppy Dogs at the bottom of 31st Street, uh, whether it was Triwire down on Market Street or Metz Plumbing also on Market Street, whether it's my business, Legion Arms on Market Street, Lexmar, the granite fabricator, also on Market Street. Um, Again, it's every time you have a clean, nice space um, and it's renovated for use, it's not hard to find somebody that wants to put a business there. So uh, I feel like my uh, my goal at this point is to continue to replicate that. I, I think that McKeesport is viable. Um, unfortunately, uh, it, I don't know why, but I feel like I have to convince people that that's the case. Well, I've been doing. I've been. I've, I've been in the same boat for a long time. So uh, we're talking with Jonathan Stark. He's an entrepreneur and business owner who is investing in McKeesport in downtown McKeesport, and um, we, we want to ask him why. Because especially, and and you are on social media, you must see a lot of the negativity that's out there that you know the 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 memes the the jokes the you know anything that's a positive announcement is almost immediately attacked by why why would you do this and it's not just McKee's board it's it's duquesne manesson Charleroi, uh turtle creek braddock east pittsburgh any of these communities in the valley um but but i mean what attracted you are you originally from the area so I'm not, um, and I'll, I'll backtrack real quick. Yeah, please. Um, you know, one of the things that, that is frustrating is seeing social media, and you see people that, uh, that they do have nothing good to say about anything, unfortunately. I think that some people get wrapped up in what is said in McKeesport, and I don't know that that's exclusive to any community. I Mm-mm. think that no. um, regardless of what community you are in, there are people that just don't have anything good to say. Um, but, but... Uh, McKeesport does have a perception problem, um, and it is a, it's a legitimate problem, um, and it's one that they need to overcome and I think are doing great things to do that. Um, you know, for me, 
Uh, no, I did not grow up in McKeesport. I grew up in Murraysville. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Penn State, and when I got out, my wife and I bought a house in White Oak. Um, and ever since I've driven through McKeesport, because this is somebody, as a child, I never was in McKeesport. Mm-hmm. So as an, a young adult, when I went through McKeesport, my first impression immediately was, I can't believe how much potential is here. Yeah. Um, you know, you see the architecture and uh, some of these old historic buildings, and you just don't see things like that other places. And I think... If you've grown up here, perhaps you're so used to status quo, um, it's easy to just, you know, kind of get stuck in where it's at. Well, I wonder if that's a case where it's better to be coming in with a fresh perspective and a fresh set of eyes rather than having grown up with it was a boom town and then the decline and you're still remembering what the boom town looked like. I'm positive that you're right. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that for a lot of people, it's been it has been stagnant, um, and I think it's easy to get trapped in. It will never change. It'll never get better. Um, but again, as somebody that's now been here over ten years, I can tell you, you know, I work here every day. I see it. I know that it's changing. I know that it's getting better. Um, and I kind of feel like one of my jobs is going to be uh, a little bit of an ambassador, um, not just for McKeesport, but um, for other investors. Um, because McKeesport does need fresh money to come in down here. And I think if people see that it's working for somebody, it won't be as hard to convince you know those guys. And they're, they're out there. Mm-hmm. But it won't be hard to convince those guys to come down here and spend their money as well. You grew up in Murraysville. When did you start your first business? Because you're not... You're pretty young. Uh, I'm not that young anymore. I'm, 30, I'm 37 <laughs> years old. Um, depends on the day how, how young I yeah, feel. Yeah, well, sure. Right. Um, but right. no, yeah, I mean, I, I started uh, Compulsive Paintball when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was 22 years old. Um, Where I did was, you raise capital for that? Because I think that's something that people often wonder about if they want to start a business. You know what? I, I raised it what I think is the best way. Um, I did it myself. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I had an idea. Um, you know, online sales, that was kind of a new thing mm-hmm. in, in 2000 and in that era. Um, and it was difficult. Um, but again, if you're spending your money, you're using your money, I think you're much more careful with it. Um, I think there's a lot of focus anymore on, well, I'll use somebody else's money to get my project off the ground. Um, but I love grit and determination. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. Um, the Sloppy Dogs guys at the bottom of 31st Street. So that's I, in McKeesport. That is what was an empty, I think, ice cream stand or something. And it is now Pizza and Cream is yeah, what it was. And it's now a pretty successful uh, little lunch hangout. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that was a, a person that had approached me, had a very good idea. Um, not a ton of capital, sure. but just a lot of willingness uh, and determination to, to make it work. Um, and I think that's a great way to start any business. I, I think if you're really uh, passionate about what you do, um, again, there will always be obstacles when you're when you're starting a business. But I think it uh, it certainly lended itself to to you know being very successful for him. But you leveraged then compulsive paintball into the countertop business, kind of. So okay. we we had an opportunity to purchase property in North Huntington. Um, we were working on what was going to be literally a, a million dollar. Uh, new building in, mm-hmm. in North Huntington. And if North Huntington is listening, they didn't want me. Um, it was very clear. Um, so, you know, we, after spending a lot of money to try to engineer a plan and, and submit the site work um, to the, the township, it was just clear they didn't, they didn't want our building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ended up looking somewhere else because I was, I had and this is from business. proceeds that you had generated from the paintball business. And was that your only 
job at that time? At that time, it was full time. Okay. But just right. to be clear, I mean, that, at that time, that was a multi-million million dollar business. I mean, okay. it really went from nothing in a college dorm room mm-hmm. um, to when paintball was like, you know, the the height of rollerblading, yeah. if you will. Um, everybody was doing it for yeah, a while. For a while, yeah. Um, but it also went the way of rollerblading, where you know people weren't doing it like they used mm-hmm. to. So. Uh, but at the, it, we're talking circa 2009. Okay. Uh, we were looking for more space. We really needed space. It was hurting us. Um, so we found the building at 627 Market Street. Which In McKeesport. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's now the home of Lexmar. Okay. Um, and we moved into that building. And it, it was just a, a good time to, to be able to do that. It was a nice property. Um, we never had any problems with anybody, you know, bothering us or, you know, it was just the, the things you heard about downtown McKeesport, we just never experienced mm-hmm. them down there. Um, so the shop operated there for a number of years. Ultimately, we ended up purchasing the American Legion building next door, and we actually opened the gun store, which everybody mm-hmm. knows. Um, and Jason, at this point, has purchased uh, the granite counter. That was your business partner in Lexmark? That's correct. Okay. So we bought that building, and then we immediately opened the granite shop because I needed space, but not 10,000 square feet. Um, but over time, like I said, the, the paintball business kind of shrunk, and Lexmark got bigger. Okay. So it just made sense for us to move next door and for him to get all of the Lexmar building. Okay. We're talking with uh, business owner uh, Jonathan Stark. Uh, he is a property developer and entrepreneur. He is uh, – you've actually got and, – and we're going to have to take a break here in a minute or two. But you've actually got two commercial properties you're developing in downtown McKeesport, I think, right now. One being the the People's Building, which is an existing uh, 1906 structure, and I really want to get into that. But the other one is a building. So it's, it's okay to say now that you're developing at the corner of Fifth and Market Street on a parcel that literally has been empty, probably since before you were born, at least since I was a little kid. Um, the old Memorial Theater property. Correct. So uh, we purchased that that property uh, a little over a year ago. Um, we had plans for that property even then. We kind of knew what mm-hmm. we wanted to do. Um, and I, I can now finally say um, First Commonwealth will be one tenant in that building, mm-hmm. um, and it, it certainly appears as though uh, District Judge Riazzi will be our other tenant in okay. that building. So uh, District Judge, Judge Riazzi, you know, the space he was in was – uh, was working for him, mm-hmm. but it wasn't exactly what they needed or wanted. Well, it's not convenient to where the police are. It is next to a senior citizen's home, if, if people are familiar with uh, the McKeesport area. Um, it's not easy to, really to get people in and out of that office. Correct. Even. And those were those are some of the, the objections that were raised um, to the to staying in the, the current location. Yeah. Uh, it's proximity to public transportation. Yeah. And, um, even things that aren't necessarily deal breakers, but, you know, it's across from a bar and things yeah. of that nature. Um, so well, I don't know about if you've ever been in front of the magistrate, but I needed a drink the one time I was there. So, <laughs> and I was the plaintiff. <laughs> I, can, I can understand. I can certainly understand. Okay, okay. Let's take a uh, thirty-second break. When we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the building you're developing uh, on the corner of Fifth and Market. Let's talk about the 1906. Am I correct? People's building that you've just purchased, and uh, maybe later on in the half hour, we'll ask you for some advice for people who maybe want to start their own business or what what pitfalls and what things to look for and what things to not do. Sure. Uh, Jonathan Stark is our guest from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. This is Two Rivers, thirty minutes. We'll be right. Back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. 
Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Jonathan Stark. He is a uh, business developer who is uh, swimming against the tide a little bit in developing his businesses in the McKeesport area, which uh, anyone in the Pittsburgh region knows has gotten a bad rap um, over the years. Um, he has got his money where his mouth is and is, is placing his bets on several commercial properties, in fact, in the downtown uh, business district. When we took the break, you were telling us about the, the, the Memorial Theater, which the old-timers in McKeesport, and if I better watch what I say because I'm going to be one of those pretty soon, um, will tell you was this opulent movie palace that burned in, in 1976. And that corner, uh, what was once a very busy corner in town, has been empty more or less for 50 years or 40 years now. And you are taking it over. You're building a, a branch of a, of, a, of a bank. They're moving from an existing location into that building. You are hopefully going to have the district magistrate's office in that building. Um, when are you hoping to break ground on that? I mean, at this point, uh, it could be very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we've submitted everything to the city for permitting, um, so we're working through kind of those channels right now. Um, but, you know, our, our financing is, is ready to go. Uh, really, what's drugged the project to this point uh, is we needed commitments um, from both tenants, and that's what we were kind of... You, you need an anchor tenant. Correct. So that brings me to your, your other project that is about a block away, and people who have maybe uh, gone through McKeesport on, on Lyle Boulevard or have visited the uh, marina or gone through on the bike trail, um, there's this big white... Uh, 1900s building with Discover McKeesport on top. And we talked at the beginning of the show how the negativity on social media, I saw someone posted a picture at the top of the building and it says Discover McKeesport and their caption was, no thank you. You, for better or for worse, are, are, are the owner of that building or will be shortly. Yes. Uh, tell us about the People's Building, which is this eight-story uh, Victorian, is that the architecture? I don't know if it's Victorian or not. Uh, it's certainly that that era. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the building is uh, just incredible. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what is appealing about the building. Simply don't see architecture like that today. Uh, and even though it's been empty for roughly 20 years and it has tons of deferred maintenance and things yeah. that need fixed cosmetically, uh, when you go through the building, it doesn't matter if you're somebody just casually observing or even people that we've shown it to that have considered uh, or want to lease space there. It looks – for the, the, you, you have a Facebook page. Tell people that what's the address for the Facebook page. It's just The People's Building? Yeah, The People's Bank Building okay. um, is what it is on, okay. on Facebook. And it's just a, a page where uh, I, I wanted to, to kind of share yeah. what, just not only our progress there but just interesting like something out of a Humphrey see. Bogart movie upstairs. Yes. So what's incredible about the building when you work in there um, is it feels like a time capsule. There's yeah. no other way to describe it. Um, because it kind of emptied out uh, in the late 90s or early 2000s, and there's really been nobody in there since. Um, My caretaker, Bill Brown, uh, has been at the building for over 20 years, and a lot of people that are familiar with Bill from the city when the city once occupied that space don't even know that he was – that he – they thought he left. They thought he was gone. Yeah. But no, he's been there the entire time, and he still watches the building. Um, Candidly, it's mostly just uh, to make sure that guys can get in for the cell towers. Sure. Um, But – he still checks to make sure everything. So is that's secure. been the only tenant on this eight-story building has been cellular phone towers on the roof. Correct. Since okay. at least 2004. Yes. Okay. Because I think maybe the council for Three Rivers American Indian Center was in there at one time. So my understanding was she was the last tenant that was there, um, and it was to the point for her where 
the water was still on, but there hadn't been heat in a number of years, and she was actually using space heaters just to keep her space warm. And per bill, she wasn't paying rent because they just didn't want the building to be empty. Completely empty. So they were happy to have her there. So it was bought by a uh, – uh, well, it was flipped a couple times. It was flipped during the sort of the property boom uh, in the mid-2000s that, as we know, led to the Great Recession. Um, then it was purchased by someone from Brooklyn, New York, and they thought what? That they were buying a building in Pittsburgh or something. Well, or what you, were they thinking of using it for? So you, I think you, you already just saying where they're from, you kind of yeah. hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So I, I think that they were familiar with commercial property prices in New York yeah. and, and just felt like this iconic building. In was McKeesport. a steal. Yeah. And, it, and candidly, it was. If you're willing to do something with it, yeah. I, I think that it, it would have been successful for them. But this is not the type of property where you can be hands off, be out of town and not, not see it. Um, you just can't do that. And so I, I think that their initial plan was they were going to come down. They were going to get it online. I do think that they had plans to, yeah. to relocate here, sure, but that never happened. And uh, regardless of how you feel about the city, they ultimately put the screws to them a little bit and said, hey, either you guys do something with the building or we're not only going to condemn it, but we're going to start citing you. And, yeah. and they needed to do that because there – and you see this with places like McKeesport. Yeah. You'll have property owners that will come in, they'll purchase a property, and they'll squat on it. They don't do anything. Um, and they may pay their taxes, they may, but they're not actually improving the property in well, any way, shape, or form. And we're talking with Jonathan Stark. He's an entrepreneur and a real estate developer about uh, some projects that he's investing in in downtown McKeesport. You can follow his progress on the People's Bank Building at People's Bank Building on, on Facebook. I think the, the, the most prominent example in western Pennsylvania, which went national, I think PBS did a documentary about it, was Brownsville, PA, where uh, a, a couple bought up most of the downtown Brownsville, which is not very big. So it doesn't take that much to buy it, but they bought it up at pennies on the dollar, hoping, planning to do something with it, and then it just never materialized. And for the next 15, 20 years, it just deteriorated. Right. Um, you, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that there are tenants out there who will rent properties if the properties are in rentable condition. Absolutely. So what is what is rentable condition? What are people looking for these days? That seems obvious, but maybe it isn't. No, and it's you know, it's it's kind of silly actually because a lot of these properties ironically are very close to being marketable in my yeah. in my opinion. Um so to have somebody that won't do the little bit of work that's required to get them to that condition is I don't understand they it. They need clean, they need painted, they need functional plumbing, they Correct. need functional electricity. Yeah, I mean we might go in, we might replace a roof. Um, you know, as you said, we might uh, replace a hot water tank, do some cosmetic improvements. Um, but typically, at that point, people line up. They, they can't wait to get in it. But that's a story that I think happens time and time again. In, and probably not just the Mon Valley, but probably Wilkinsburg and, and the East Hills, Penn Hills area as well. That um, and, and why do property owners – you're a property owner. Why would a property owner do that? I don't know. Um, to be honest with you, I, that's something I've always wondered um, you've got a lot of people that are – if somebody will pay them for the space and they don't have to do anything, they're satisfied with that. Um, and and I, I've never understood that. You know, We're very big on maintaining properties. We stay ahead of maintenance whenever we can. What's well, your investment? It's literally your Absolutely. money is in that building. Well, and your success with that property is always dependent on how well you maintain it. Um, so if, if you've got a nice, clean, bright property, people will literally beat a path to your door. Um, to, to lease that space. They want to be a part of something new, fresh, and clean. But if it looks old and dirty, just like with what happened in your story, you don't want any part of it. So we have another 30-second break coming up to take, but before we do, 
have you actually acquired ownership of the building yet, or you're just in the sales contract phase? Yeah. So we have the the building under agreement right okay. now. We close on the twentieth. Okay. So so well, this this will, this program will air before hopefully it's it's closed. But fingers crossed. Yep. You've already been in there though for weeks now doing maintenance. Correct. So the the city has been very gracious with us. One of our concerns for the building was uh, because Bill is there. It's a testament to yeah. Bill. It's not been stripped. Um, so all the plumbing, electrical, everything is intact, which is a miracle because mm-hmm. there's, there's brass hardware in there and there's lots of copper pipe. You did catch a couple people in there, though, a couple Absolutely. weeks ago. Yeah, and th- so we have a, a lot of urban explorers, if you will, <laughs> um, that want to take pictures. And uh-huh. I, I wish they would, if they're listening, I wish they would knock on the door. Yeah, and um, maybe Bill would like come down and let them in. Absolutely. Um, don't break in. Yeah, you will. Those guys did not go to jail. You will meet the Mickeysport police. They will meet them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not going to be as nice the next time. Um, we, we just don't want people. Damaging the Did I read that your explorers, the most recent group, were from Quebec? They were from Canada, absolutely. Um, and I can't imagine breaking into another country or going to another country and to, breaking to break into in. buildings. Yeah, I don't want to spend time in a foreign jail. I know that. <laughs> um, so I was shocked that they were willing to take that risk. Okay, uh, are, are you you are have talked apparently to a number to a couple of prospective tenants. I don't want you to say who they are, but you've talked to some tenants who are already showing interest in renting space in the building. Correct. Um, and, and so it's funny to me. I'll, I, I always like to backtrack a little yeah. bit and preface by saying. Um, when I put this building under contract and it finally came out that it was me, immediately people started saying, well, what are you going to do with it? Right. Like, you know, who would want this building? And what we've seen, you know, we've cleaned it up. We've installed new uh, LED lights. We've painted. Um, and just with a, a quick cleanup, as we show this property, what people have to say when they view the space is incredible. They love it. Yeah. Um, and so the, the question isn't, well, why would I want to rent this space? The question has been, when can you have it ready? Affordable. If someone is looking for office space for their startup business or even for an established business, it's a it's basically set up as an office building. Once you get up, once building. you get above the first floor in the mezzanine, yes. How would they get in touch with you? Um, Facebook honestly is probably mm-hmm. the easiest way through the the People's Bank Building website. Um, you know that that's going to be without a doubt that's okay. going to be the easiest okay. way to get all of them. We have a, a second thirty second break to take. The time goes quickly. Jonathan Stark is our guest. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask you what uh, some of the pitfalls for people to watch out for if they're, they're hearing this and they're thinking, "Hey, I'm in Glassport or Manesson or Denora. I could buy old buildings and fix them up. Uh, I'm going to do what this guy's doing." Let's, some of the pitfalls that you've run into and, and some advice you might have for them. Okay. Absolutely. You are listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport here. We'll be right back to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412 412- 614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com Welcome back uh, for a final few minutes with Jonathan Stark. He's an entrepreneur and a real estate developer in McKeesport. Uh, has just taken on two more projects. Uh, one, a new uh, construction for a bank uh, that is going to happen on the corner of 5th Avenue and Market Street, not too far from the bike trail and uh, the McKees Point Marina. Uh, another one, uh, acquiring a historic building, a 1906 building uh, called the People's Bank Building, and you can follow his progress there on Facebook. Are, are, are you looking at some point for, like, National Register of Historic places or history and landmarks designation 
Yeah, it seems to me that building's probably eligible. It has not had very much changes. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so we, we've actually started that process. Uh-huh. Um, what we found was, and we did reach out, you have to work through your state's mm-hmm. register. Um, and what we found is that not only is the building eligible, um, it was almost there in 1999. And there was, uh, it was actually, somebody did a report on the building. Yeah. They deemed not only was it eligible, I'm quoting the report, they said it needed to be saved. Yeah. Um, so, uh, once we realized that that was in fact the case, um, we've started the process again. We just have to provide them with some, some current Updates. pictures. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The, the building is eligible. Um, and again, it was so close. They needed to submit a little bit more paperwork and it would have been registered, but it slipped through the cracks. Slipped through I the guess. cracks, sure. Yeah. So, in, in you're buying, do you buy to buy and flip as we see house flippers on these different, uh, home improvement shows or you buy to hold? Like Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah, right. So I've, I've been a buy and hold guy for a long time. Okay. Um, and I, uh, candidly, I think that that works well in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, if you're in Lawrenceville and you want to make a few hundred thousand dollars on a flip, that's where you try to do that. McKeesport's not built Lawrenceville for Lawrenceville yet. Um, not yet. Uh, but no, I, I, I've always purchased to hold. Um, the properties that I buy, and I don't, I don't mind sharing, um, I don't buy the $5,000 house that needs a ton of work. I would rather buy the $20,000 or $25,000 house that needs some cosmetic improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those properties are safer, and you can get in and out of them quicker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to anybody that's that's listening that invests, um, I, I think McKeesport is very viable. I've been doing it down here for, you know, well over 10 years, um, and I'll, I'll continue to do it. Where, where are the deals where you walk away from? Where are the deals that are a little bit too good to be true because – something that has happened up and down the Mon Valley is a lot of these houses get posted online and they're the $5,000 house. And it says, you know, investment opportunity and, you know, great potential. Um, where are the deals where if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, Hey, I've got some money. I, I, I'm good with my hands. I'm a good fixer upper. I'd like to do this. When is it time to turn around and walk away? Yeah. I think when, when I walk through a property and, you know, I haven't used a, a property inspector in years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's me. Um, so when I'm looking through a property, um, you want to make sure that mechanically it's sound. That's mm-hmm. that's really first and foremost. So if, if you don't know that stuff, then you probably do need a house inspector. You do, of course. Um, but you know, if you, if you are familiar with trade at all, generally you get a good feeling for what a property is as soon as you walk in. Uh, things look either workmanlike or they don't, um, and that's just the, kind of the way it goes. Um, so usually you have a pretty good feeling within five minutes. You've not even finished a full inspection of a property. You kind of know what it's going to be. Um, so again, you're looking at electrical. You're looking at the plumbing systems. Um, you know, what does the roof look like? Is the furnace, you know, newer and operable? Uh, those are things that you you always want to take a look at because those, anything that's mechanical is typically going to be more expensive. So that $5,000 house, if it needs all those mechanicals, before you even, even address the cosmetic problems there, you're going to spend that money that you save. Or more. Buying. Absolutely. Um, so that's what we tell people um, that are investing like we are. It's it's generally better to, to buy a property that's in better condition but just requires some cosmetic work. Does the neighborhood have an impact as well? I mean, if, if you know, if, because the houses you're buying, you're looking, you're leasing out to other people as, as tenants. So does the neighborhood make an impact of where people want to actually live? Of course. So, and, and for me, I have a very simple rule that it's always worked for me. I won't buy a house unless I'd be willing to live there. Okay. It, it's easy um, at that point. So if I don't feel comfortable in that area, I just don't buy there. Do, do you have, and we're just about out of time, but do you have someone who does property management for you? Because I think that's another, and you touched on this a little while ago in discussing the people's building that, you, that you're purchasing, the commercial building. Um, someone who is out of town, they're in 
you know, maybe as far away as Florida or Arizona, or they're just in another county and they've bought investment properties. And now the tenants on the phone, hey, the toilet's clogged up, the furnace broke, the water heater is leaking, and now they don't know what to do. So do you have a property management person or do you do it all yourself? It's just me. Okay. So, and it's, I, I prefer it that way. Okay. Um, it may not always be that way. It might not always be able to be that sure. way. Um, but I think that my tenants definitely appreciate that when they have a problem, um, it's me that shows You're up. You're in the next town, not That's correct. 500 miles away. And they know that I'm here every day. Okay. So if there's a problem, they call me and, and we come take care of it. Um, there are very good property management companies down here. If anybody uh, would like, just ask and I can share them mm-hmm. with you. Um, but no, I, I think for a new investor, I think it's very important to be hands-on. You'd better be in the community and hands-on. Absolutely. Okay. Jonathan Stark is uh, renovating the 1906 uh, People's Building. And when would you hope to have a tenant in? This fall, next spring? When we purchased it, we had hoped to be within 12 months. Okay. Um, but we have some interested parties now where we are talking potentially as soon as 30 days. Okay. Okay. Um, if you uh, would like to follow his progress and see some of the pictures of, of what he's uncovering uh, in this historic building in downtown McKeesport, go to People's Bank Building, search for it on Facebook, and you can reach out to him that way. Uh, Jonathan Stark has been our guest. Thanks for walking literally across the street to uh, talk to us. Thanks for having me. I thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. This is Two Rivers 30 Minutes. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.